Welcome back to the R-Rated Podcast. The R-Rated Podcast. This week's guest is... Welcome back to the R-Rated Podcast. Today's new guest is Brian Rodell, and he is a unit still photographer. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Thanks for um, having me. First of all, I want to ask where you're from. I'm from Buffalo, New York. Oh, Okay, I was not expecting that. Yeah. How how was uh, growing up in Buffalo, New York? Uh, it was great. Yeah. Um, I had a great uh, childhood, great upbringing. Yeah. Um, a Buffalo Bills fan. Nice. We okay. lost this morning. Oh, okay. So not off to a great start, but hopefully this makes it better. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Did you always know you wanted to be a photographer, or when did you have that passion for photography? So I always wanted to be in film. So I went to film school. Um, well, if we dial back even more. Let's, let's do it. Let's um, dive in. Let's I, dive I in. J- entered a media productions class okay. in high school. And the okay. only reason why I joined that class is because my girlfriend w- at the time was in it. Okay. So I joined. Was she the- already your girlfriend or you guys became boyfriend and girlfriend? We were already. Okay. 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 Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And um, so in that class, I learned how to edit films on final cut pro classic yeah yeah uh learned how to do slow motion on that program and i was sold so (laughs) i went to then film school in uh orlando which what's the film school full sale university full sale university okay and i went to that film school wanting to be an editor you're surprising me i'm like okay Okay. editor all right okay and then through the course of my film school i came out wanting to direct so I left film school wanting to be What a made you want to direct from editing? Like, how did that happen? Um, well, my brother is a fantastic screenwriter. Okay, so my it runs in the family. The identical arts. twin brother. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Wait, wait, wait. There's yeah. two of you? That yeah. would have been so cool if he was and, on the podcast. As well. And we're both still photographers. That's why I, um, Do you guys ever, like, compete? You're like, look what I shot. Uh, no, no, no. Do you guys shoot together? No. No? Okay. No, there's... Gen- I've... There may be multiple photographers on a set, but um, the production will generally hire just one. Just one, unit, yeah. Unit so, is he still in Buffalo, New York, or uh, he, he is in New Orleans right now? Okay, okay, wow. So, I mean, you must miss him, right? Your identical twin. Do you guys have that twin telepathy? Um, no, we don't. <laughs> we don't. Is that a myth? <laughs> uh, yeah, I've never run across a set of twins with it. So, okay. Well, you heard yeah. it here first. It might be a myth. <laughs> Um, okay, so tell me. So you wanted to be an editor, but then all of a sudden you're like, I want to be a director. Yes. So what happened? Like, what were you editing or like what was going on that you were like, I might make the switch? Well, so going back to my brother, who's yes. a, a great screenwriter, right. he wrote these scripts that mm-hmm. I had the means to bring to life in film school. So Full Sail is a unique school in that they have um, backlots, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. professional lighting equipment, uh, camera gear. Uh, I don't know what they have now, but I'm sure it's a lot more than what they had right. when I went in, to, in 2010. Uh-huh. And so I had the means, the ambition. I wasn't the best writer. I was. I definitely had creative ideas, but uh, he kind of set the the storyline up for me, and right. and because I had the means to uh, follow through on it, mm-hmm. I, I did, and I. Um, I shot two short films Ooh. in college um, that were his scripts. And then How did I, you guys get like the budget for that and stuff? Because I mean, 
It's not um, cheap. Even short films are like they end up being, you know, kind of pricey. Well, outside of a film school, mm-hmm. short films, yeah, can if yeah, my brother, um, you know, puts up like twenty five grand of his own money to do it, to do his short films right now. That's a, but in school we yeah. had free crew, free gear, right. free set. I so, miss those days too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now I'm so, like, like, where am I get the money from? <laughs> any money we spent was kind of on the small makeup kits, right? Um, right. Water. Yeah. Sound and then, maybe. And then beer for the rap party. Oh, <laughs> nice. No, even sound was. Sound was included. Yeah. So in my film school, like, we still we always still had to pay sound. No. Because um, they were like they always would stress like how important sound is and like they're like yeah get someone like that's professionals we're like okay so I always remember just having to pay for sound but. That's cool. Well, we had yeah, we had a sound program there. Um, a month of a month of the curriculum was dedicated mm-hmm. to sound. It might have been two months. I don't know. But, That's um, great. Uh, so through it, mm-hmm. you know, your your dozens and dozens of classmates all fall into their place, and the guys right. who fell into sound mm-hmm. were were. I don't know if they were eager to help out, but they but, they definitely but did. They did, yeah. yeah they did. So at this point, you're like, okay, I like directing. I can see myself doing this. Yeah. And then what changed for you to want to get into photography? <laughs> right. So um, graduated film school, yeah. moved to New Orleans. Um, Why New Orleans? Yeah. So um, it's pretty expensive school, as most schools are. Yes. And I couldn't afford uh, New York or L.A. with the student loans. So um, Still paying those off. <laughs> so my teachers had recommended North Carolina, which mm-hmm. at the time was, was – um, either climbing up or ramping down. I can't remember. Okay. New Mexico was an option. Okay. Louisiana was an option. And then uh, maybe Boston, but I don't mm-hmm. think, I don't know. Um, and I had a couple friends who had moved to New Orleans mm-hmm. from my film school. So I think okay. knowing they were there, it kind of Made was, it a little easier. Yeah. Yeah. A softer landing. Okay. And um, so... Yeah, my first um, my first movie I ever mm-hmm. walked walked uh, first set I ever walked on was yeah. a movie called Contraband. I okay. was an extra. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I started as an extra in two thousand and eleven, and um, yeah, had ambition to be a director. And my yeah. brother was still writing. Right. Um, and we the scripts out of college we mm-hmm. co directed. That's honestly, that's badass twins that are co-directing. I'm like, you don't see that that often. That's really cool. Yeah. So I was, it took about five years from when I left film school to when I decided that I wanted to do still photography. And Mm -hmm. in between that time, Mm -hmm. I second AD AD two movies. How was that? How did you like that from? Because it's different than directing, right? Well, so I'm going a little out of order. So I was an extra. I was a production assistant for about two years. I didn't get the whole book, the whole days. I just got with a a Mm low-budget second AD, or I'm sorry, first AD slash producer who uh, really got along with me. And um, she brought me on as her second AD, and I... 
I uh, I had a rough time with that job because I was gonna say it's because it's not like creative, right? It's like right. you're you're the right hand of the director, but it's like you're in charge of getting everything like on time and like Scheduling. they're the barrier bad news sometimes when you're like when you have to tell someone like or a department like hey you have thirty minutes and it gets cut to like fifteen and then they're like looking at you like why are you taking my time away and it's like it's not yeah. me it's like, <laughs> um so yeah is is that like something you struggled with or like what was well what was hard for you at well, the difficulties of second AD is always time. Um, you know, yeah. we could we could plan out the whole the whole week and weather mm -hmm. could mess it up. We could plan out. We I spent eight hours um, working on tomorrow's day. Schedule. Yeah. In the weather, we find out late in the day that it will be too bad to shoot. So all that work we planned for gets pushed, and we have to. I basically have to start my day oh over my again. God. Stress at the end of my day. <laughs> so much stress. Yeah, and, and there was there was never a moment where you could put down the phone. No. Um, yeah. And how do you feel about Emer that? Emergent like well, well, if it's not for a creative endeavor, mm -hmm. um, if I'm laboring for someone else's creativity, mm -hmm. um, it starts to wear you down. Hundred um, percent. Yeah. Um, so I, I have a, a pretty limitless amount of energy when it. Mm -hmm when I'm, when I'm creating. And when you're passionate about it, right? Yeah. 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 So when, when there's, I relate to that a lot. <laughs> when there's not a balance of that, then the work starts to suffer, your attitude mm -hmm. starts to suffer mm -hmm. and the passion goes away. And so, yeah, I didn't make it past two shows. And but um, you have the experience. That's cool. Not a lot of people can say like, you know, I started as an extra. I did, I helped out as a, helped out as a second AD and then directing yeah. and then photography. So it's, it's cool. You know, you like, you wear a lot of hats. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, in, again, in that five years, I was okay. also a locations assistant and a prop assistant. And out of all those, I, I mean, obviously photography is your favorite now, I'm assuming, right? But like before that, out of all those jobs that you tried or positions, which one did you enjoy the most? Um, aside from, uh, photography, um, well, I wouldn't count directing either cause I never did it for money. It always cost me money. <laughs> Tell me about it. So yeah, so I, I'd say props was props. I did that for three years. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, and and then I just didn't want to be a prop master. That's fair. Um, I'm kind of a minimalist, or at mm -hmm. least I was back then. Mm -hmm. And to be a successful prop master, or at least make a lucrative living, mm -hmm. part of that is owning a rental warehouse and you rent mm -hmm. out props, and you're a constantly acquiring. Right, more props. Props. Building it. Crap. Yeah, building it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So um and I didn't I didn't fancy the prop master job. Mm -hmm. So I started to realize I, I love the industry I, mm -hmm. I'm in, but yet again I'm here at a crossroads where I want to change departments for about a fifth time. Yeah. So I, I at at that point I was like, Okay. Okay. What do you want to do? What's the dream job in this industry? And I asked myself, is it directing? Mm -hmm. Um, I, I started, uh, I started traveling a lot in yeah. 2012. Okay. And at that time, all I had was a cell phone for yeah. a camera, yeah. but I really cared about composition. Mm -hmm. I really cared about, um, the, what I was photographing and, um, that led me to eventually getting great photos mm -hmm. and then, but it's on a, 12 oh. megapixel so <laughs> i may have this awesome photo but it's right. on this low quality so i i started to kind of level up in terms of quality and then yeah. when you invest the money right. for the gear then then 
you kind of get tunnel visioned and that's where directing kind of fell off because I started to get this passion and, and hunger to take better and better photos. And as I got more successful in unit photography, I started learning more about other photography, like street photography. And what's, what's the difference? Yeah. Like I, yeah. Like what's street photography? Oh, um, street photography is a new set every three minutes, depending where you're, where you're standing. Um, I think, I think some of the prettiest photos ever taken are off the street. Um, and it isn't always of people. It could be of reflections or just composition of buildings Mm -hmm. or, or, um, juxtaposition of colors Mm -hmm. or textures or, staircases and yeah. bike riders. Uh, honestly, yeah. I love a good staircase. Like a lot of my short films, they always have like a cool staircase in it. Cause it's just something about staircases that are very unique, especially like when they're like, they spiral or like, I don't know. They just have like a, a really cool look. Like if it's made out of wood, they, well, they have got staircases. Yeah, they have got, they have guiding lines. So yeah. uh, a staircase that is it going in a spiral mm-hmm. might spiral you know, have a, have like an entrance that spits out. And if right. you have somebody riding to it or walking from it, mm-hmm. those are guiding lines, which take your eye maybe from the start of the stairwell and lead you to this, to another subject. Mm-hmm. And that subject could lead you somewhere else. And if your eye is constantly moving around the image, that to me is a great photo. That's if your eye point. never like falls off the page, right. if you're kind if, if every element kind of is like a, a pinball machine in it, you just, you know, you're always yeah. looking. You're always looking. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Okay. So what kind of camera did you first buy? Like what was that big first purchase? I bought a Sony A9 and a 70 to 200 millimeter lens as my first lens. So getting a zoom lens is your first lens and not, and getting a, a, a long lens is your mm-hmm. first lens. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I don't know if that was the best choice but i at the time i really loved um a crowded frame okay i really so i i i kind of leaned into the zoom lens to to kind of have a lot of elements making a a fuller frame Mm -hmm. um i as i got more skilled i guess i got more wider and i could fill a wider frame or use technique like guiding lines or composition or juxtaposition or colors as, as that's why I love street photography is because it forces me to um, um, look for for technique in the real world. That's cool. Whereas when I'm on set, I do have a shot list. I have an assignment. Um, Who's giving you that shot list? Because is it the director as well? No. No. Uh, um, no. Seldomly. Okay. Yeah. Cause um, I, I didn't know that I, I thought like this whole time I thought onset photographers were like, like they see a moment and they're like, all right, this is it. Or like maybe for a poster, you know, they know what they're like getting themselves into. Like, all right, we want this, but I didn't know that you get like a, a shot list that you're supposed to follow. So I'm generally hired for, for promotional use. Okay. Um, BTS is kind of, they, they like that. The, yeah. So my clients are studios, yeah. Netflix, uh, A24, Disney, mm-hmm. Hulu, Blumhouse. Um, That's amazing. Yeah. Though, well, yeah. So, so they hire me mm-hmm. to capture photos mm-hmm. on set so they can use in uh, newspapers or what advertise. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Advertisement different than marketing. Marketing okay. is, should be like part two of this. 
podcast. Okay. It's, okay. A, it's a whole nother. It's we a whole nother. When I made the switch from props and I made this investment to buy this gear mm-hmm. with the money I made from props, it was an all in investment. And Were it you was. Nervous? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's a lot of like, like, you know, cinematographers, photographers, like buying that first set of gear, it's terrifying. It's because, the point of no going back. Right. And it's like, yeah. you don't want to make the wrong investment. And it's like, how did you even know that was going to be the right camera? Like, did you research? Did you talk to other photographers? Like, how did you, you know, pick that one? Yeah. So when I was on, when I was uh, doing props, I, um, I soaked up the knowledge from Good. other on-set photographers. Mm-hmm. And I talked to a lot of them about why they're using their camera. Mm-hmm. And um, and I just, yeah, I got a lot of information from them. I mm-hmm. I like the look of the Sony Alpha. Okay. Um, so I was immediately attracted to the ergonomics of that camera. Okay. And it's also a sports. Uh, well, the, the A9 is mm-hmm. a sports camera. Oh, so I you can, okay. so it's got a stack sensor, which allows you to shoot. Um, 20 frames per second in raw nice. uncompressed okay. really so you can moments. Yeah. you can capture you can capture those those high energy shots mm-hmm. which in film happens so often right right um so that's why i picked the sony a9 it was after talking to a couple of still photographers um, one of them had two of them the other one said if they could have a camera it mm-hmm. would be that one okay and with a little research on my own comparing other Sony cameras because mm-hmm. the Sony A7S was a very popular one at mm-hmm. the time. And, um, but I eventually went with the A9 because of its action cool. shot ca- um, capacity. So you have the camera. What was like the first thing that you decided to shoot? Yeah, the, the very first <laughs> thing I decided to shoot was just objects in my house. Okay. Again, like I, what kind of I, like, Well, uh, what I, I recall a, a Seinfeld DVD. Oh, cool! Uh, like a disc, it, and it was again. It was like a crowded shelf. It was my roommate at the time. A yeah. bunch of his like memorabilia, memorabilia mm-hmm. through life. So it was a lot of random objects. Like that's he, cool. He was from Ohio. Yeah, and it was there was a lot of, and he he's kind of got like this vaporwave, uh, unique kind of collage style. So. I wanted to fill a frame, and so I was taking pictures of like just just really odd objects. Cool. Yeah. And then you, and then after after you were like, all right, I you know took photos of most things in my house or apartment. What what was the next thing? Like, what were you? What did you jump into? How did you get onto set? The next thing was putting together a portfolio out of never having been on set. So so how do, how does one do that? <laughs> Um, what do you even put on there? Right? I had a I had a lot of friends who were either actors or aspiring actors, okay. and I would actually take my friends to sets that I had worked on. Oh, I see. And no, but long after the show had stopped filming. Oh, so, oh, I see, I see, I see. So okay. cinematic locations that I thought were 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 um, aesthetically pleasing, um, and if it worked for you know, uh, an AMC show, like mm-hmm. Preacher, mm-hmm. Um, maybe it'll work for my little portfolio that I'm... So I would take my, my friends out, we would do wardrobe, and cool. we'd, we'd put them in unique, um, uh, you know, fa- uh, like makeup facial like, hair. Oh, facial not, hair. Not, no, no makeup. Didn't do much with makeup. Okay. But, you know, um, just just making 
my average everyday friends look like heroes. So then, and then I photographed a makeshift uh, imaginary scenes um, and, oh. and created imaginary movie titles and built a wow. portfolio. That's genius. <laughs> with, I tried to get, I tried to get about six shows, imaginary shows, um, with a bunch of different actors. And I wanted to showcase running scenes. I wanted to showcase nighttime scenes. Mm -hmm. I wanted to showcase like, hey, I can shoot your action shot. I can shoot your low lighting shot. And so I built a portfolio through that. How many many shots did you have by the time that you felt comfortable enough to submit to studios in your portfolio? Like, is it a binderful full or is it like, you know, it was, it was beautiful shots? Yeah, it was an online portfolio. And I want to say there was probably 30 photos, six different made up movies. 30 photos. Wow. Something like that. And um, I was building this portfolio while I was still in props. Yeah, I didn't go cold turkey on the props until I got my first That's smart. still photography gig. That's smart. And would you like to hear how I got my first I, still photography I job? I would love to hear it. It's pretty I would love cool. to hear it. Yes, please tell me, because that was actually my next question. Yeah. Well, we have all the elements <laughs> yes. of um, of uh, my brother being a script writer, right. the d- different departments I worked in and my eventual career in, in still photography. Mm-hmm. So um, I was working, I'm not going to give out any names, but um, yeah. I was working on a TV show, an AMC TV show called Preacher. And the executive producer of that show, um, we really, we worked together season one mm-hmm. and very professional relationship, not much chit chat yeah. um, outside of work. Okay. Season two, we had this prop wheelchair that was... That was um, an issue from day one um, okay. uh, in terms of mobility, getting around tight corners. Mm. So I was uh, I was on my knees underneath the camera pushing this wheelchair with um, um, actress Betty Buckley cool. um, uh, on. Uh, uh, yeah, right under frame. So the okay. camera's on her and I'm okay. always underneath. So. Through that, I saved a lot of time mm-hmm. and I saved a lot of shots. Mm-hmm. And the executive producer was also directing two episodes. So, oh. so because I was so helpful to him, we really started this awesome rapport. Okay. Mm-hmm. So at the start of, uh, it's 2017, we're at the start, uh, it was a six month show. Yeah. And, and month one or two, we start to really engage in conversation mm-hmm. and, and, and kind of build this relationship. And uh, simultaneously, my brother has this script that we're trying to pitch and get and get um, a, a, bu- a, yeah, you know, a budget for. Yeah. So yeah. where do you start with the people you know? So I, I, I got this rapport with this executive producer and yeah. I hand him the script. And he's like, oh, I would love to read it. Yeah, 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 definitely send it to me. So yeah. he's got it. Uh, month two goes by, nothing. Month three, nothing. Month right. four. Month five, I follow up and I'm like, just, uh, just want to let you just want to say, um, if, you know, if you had a chance to read the script, yeah. he's, like, he's like, it's on my desk. Okay. I want to read it. Um, and, and, uh, let me just say to be a, a, a man, a, a young white male trying to be a director right now. He's like, I certainly wouldn't want to do it. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to tarnish your dreams, oh. but 
Um, he's like, that's just my advice. Um, and I was like, I, he's like, but I'll read the script. Did that hurt a little bit? Or uh, like... No, I knew this, this wasn't going to be easy. Right. Right. If it was easy, everybody would do it. Right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right around like the four or five month period is where my like my focus really honed in mm -hmm. on photography. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really pushing this script now, mainly for my brother. Mm -hmm. And um, so the the show eventually wraps. Okay. He still hasn't read the script. Mm -hmm. And I just follow up. Um, I just follow up after we wrap and I say, hey, um, it was wonderful working with you. Mm -hmm. um, you know, as as I move forward in my career, I, I, I tell them like what I what I loved about directing, why I wanted to get into it. And then I kind of merged to uh, photography in the email. And I say, uh, I think I have a really good eye for photography. I would love it. I would love to um, shoot stills for sony who was mm -hmm. the distributor for for that show, for that show. okay um, is this in new orleans still this is in new orleans okay yeah okay um and uh yeah i start like kind of pushing the the dream of doing still photography mm -hmm. and um what did he say he emails me back he's like uh you know what brian i think that's a great idea okay i'll forward your information with my portfolio um to the photo department at Sony and um, it eventually, so it goes, my email goes to some producer at Sony who forwards it to the photo team at Sony, who forwards it to the photo manager at Sony, who then emails like me, yeah, yeah. emails me with an introduction mm. and says, we'd love to meet you. Would you want to come to the Sony lot? Uh, yeah. in California to uh, oh, in to, California. to inter to interview. Yeah. And so I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Um I was already in California when I got that email. Oh, okay. And <laughs> so I'm like, time. I'll make the trip for sure. Yeah. Uh this is yeah. So um I do the interview, uh, I go to the Sony lot, I do the interview and um they don't look at my portfolio at all. Um I uh it would, I feel like it was kind of like a character assessment. Mm -hmm. Who is this guy? Yeah. Can we work with them? Personable. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, yeah. That's what I felt like it yeah. was. And um, so I leave the interview thinking like, okay, I don't know what the point of that was, but um, I think it went well. <laughs> <Okay>. I, mean, <laughs> I think it like we, we were very sociable and yeah. kind of like we are now. Yeah. It was very casual. Yeah. And I just left kind of feeling like, um, well, I mean, that wasn't Good bad. Work. I yeah. just don't know. Don't know. <laughs> What's gonna happen? What what we were doing there? About three weeks later. Oh, three weeks. Okay. Um, so that, they had I, you wait a little bit, huh? About three weeks later, I get uh, an email saying, "Hey, we have this show coming to New Orleans. Would you like to? Are you available these dates to be a photographer?" Yes. Um, that was my first like, job. No, I'm busy. No, I'm <laughs> and the uh, the reason I get so excited about that story is I honestly think that that producer really did want to read that script mm -hmm. and he really did want to help me for whatever reason he didn't and he thought that let me just do this for him and then i can kind of be like off the hook for the script, <laughs> for the script. Do you, are and, you and kind of thankful for that or I'm, do you I'm, wish you still like read the script i'm thankful for it yeah because it pushed you in this direction right i'm thankful for it because yeah i, I i'm just grateful for where 
my career ended up yeah. as a result of that. I, you know, yeah. I don't know. And I really leaned on that photo team for a lot of work in the film working being a part of a union you get production reports right which let you know what movies are in town oh, okay. so as soon as i find out what movies are in town i find out the distributor and then i i uh, i find out the photo the photo team of that distributor and i leaned on sony for references to other photo managers at other oh. studios. Oh, okay. So so that one connection. That makes sense. Okay. Okay. Um, and God bless, God bless that the the people at Sony because um, I must have emailed them once a month saying, "Hey, do you know the photo manager for Amazon for this for yeah. that for?" And, and, they, and they gave you the um, I'd say six or seven times out of ten. That's amazing. I got a reference. That's amazing. And yeah. I and I was able to build this catalog of of uh, of uh, um, photo managers for uh, dozens of studios, which eventually led to more work and building a portfolio. And and now my now my work speaks for, for itself. For itself. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I, I have a ton of pictures now. I, I have a I have a lot of networking to do. Like that mm-hmm. is never really over, mm-hmm. but. Um, I don't know that I'll be, I think I'm a little higher in line than mm-hmm. last in line with yeah. my makeshift portfolio. <laughs> my, yeah. Tell me about that first day on set when you did your first still photography. Like, what did they, like, the, what did they ask of you? Did you just like go in with a plan? Like, were you nervous? You know, this is like your big, you know, start, right? So yeah. what, what were you thinking? I, um, so it was it was very nerve wracking because I walked into a set right like I, in New Orleans it's it's a it's a good film community but it is yeah. relatively small so yeah there could be ten movies shooting in New Orleans and you can walk in on any one of those ten films and you'll know if not one person twelve people yeah. maybe half the crew it's pretty, yeah maybe seventy five percent of the crew okay you know so I walked in on that set mm-hmm. with two cameras slung around my my back and people only ever knew me as a prop assistant or locations you know like, so, what are you doing here so i'm here <laughs> with, with so the camera. that was a tough barrier to break oh yeah how did you break that barrier? like were you just like no. well it was nice it was nice to have people on set who knew me mm-hmm. and so on set relationships are are um essential yes. for a still photographer because yeah. I treat myself as a guest on set mm-hmm. and everything I ask is a favor. Um, I like that. whether okay. it's where I, where I'm standing or if I could get an apple box or a ladder, um, my photos aren't needed to make the movie. They may be needed to promote the right, movie and right. make the movie money, Yeah. but because I'm not needed to actually make the film, yeah. um, I'm very low on, I'm like last in line. To get. I see what you mean. I see yeah. what you mean. But no, you're still very important. But like, I see what you mean when it's like, they can still make this movie without me, but you know, they want to use your show, uh, your photos yeah. to promote and, it. And, yeah. and the art department will use a lot of the units. Like the, the art department will oftentimes use the unit still photographer for mm. art department photography. Oh, okay. So like, picture frames in the house, family picture, portraits. That makes sense. Oh, a lot of cell cool. phone stuff, uh, podcasts, like anything that, any any photo that brings that world to life right. is usually done by the onset photographer. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. 
so you're on set and so like did you get a shot list or like the shot list stuff come later on like at different you know stages of your your career in my career I you uh, if I'm not on a show mm-hmm. every single day, mm-hmm. then I'll get a shot list. If I'm on a show every single day, my assignment is usually general coverage with some like pull asides or like, hey, we want this. No real shot list. Mm-hmm. Um, there may be a checklist, mm-hmm. but not not like strict assignments. If I'm on for like eleven out of thirty days. Every day is crucial. How do and you I'm, pick that? Like, do they pick that? They pick you? that. Oh, okay, okay. Usually based on the talent that they want covered. Oh, I see. Oh, okay. And do you? Yeah. What do you prefer? Do you like being there every day and taking shots, or do you prefer like you know, loving out of the thirty days? Um. Early on, I think I liked. Um, bouncing around from show to show because yeah. it built up my portfolio. True. My my IMDb went from like two shows to like six, nice. could like in one year because I'm oh, bouncing yeah. around. Okay, yeah, it may only be a day on this show, a day it there, still but it's still credit, and it's credit still is credit. It, it's, <laughs> yeah, it still it still looks good on the portfolio. But as my mm-hmm. career went on, um, and to this day, I prefer to be on set every day because mm-hmm. because I like building those relationships. Um, and I like building the rapport with the cast. Mm-hmm. The cast is 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 really one of the toughest barriers to um, to approach because oh. they can they can say they can if you have ambition they can kind of shut it down. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's 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 a tough it's a tough career because. I, I come to the job with so much passion, creativity, and I want to I want to tell I want to tell a story right. that relates to the show, okay. and I want to I want to tell the story in one frame. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I want to stage a photo. And sometimes I can I can tell that that story um, without having you know while the camera's yeah. rolling. Right. Um. So when I'm on set every day, I can build those relationships and I can start asking for favors. Right. Um, when I'm on set just day playing, nobody knows different. me. Right. You know? Yeah. When, when I'm on set every single day, I'm usually there in pre-production as well, covering oh. like hair and makeup tests. Oh, I see. Okay, that makes sense. And those days are essential for me because that's where I can introduce myself to mm-hmm. the cast mm-hmm. and not interrupt their scene or their, their mental right. like... Uh, pre- uh, preparedness for their scene by right. if I introduce myself and they're trying they're yeah. in the middle they're of getting it. ready yeah <laughs> um, in the now, part of my job is to find that moment that isn't intrusive mm-hmm. or invasive of their creativity mm-hmm. but when you're doing a hair and makeup test yeah. it, there's almost no room for error right so you introduce yourself there so when when you show up on set with a camera two feet from them while they're performing they won't be like who's this guy Right. So that that, that's another reason why I like doing run of show. That makes sense. What would you say is like the hardest part about your job when you're on set? It's the it's it's the wall that is built from not having enough time Mm -hmm. on set for the can for the camera operators, the Mm -hmm. film cameras to get what they need, Mm. which makes it impossible for me to ask a favor and get something that I need. Right. That is always the toughest thing on every show. Mm-hmm. Um, 
there was this one show I was I was doing where I I got I got the director excited, I got the cast excited, yeah. I got the um, AD excited, who's yeah. in charge of the schedule. Right. Everyone wanted to get this photo. Yeah. Um, everyone was charged for it, but the movie's priority. And as we got further and further behind schedule, mm-hmm. um, the excitement kind of fades away as, like, as the um, the chance of not making your day becomes a reality. Okay. So my my creativity and ambition are stifled because, um, just because there's not enough time in a day to get everything everyone wants. I know. And what an impossible job for an AD to have, you know, 11 creative department heads all wanting what I want, you know, <laughs> right. you know? Right. and all asking for those favor and, and to, to somehow time. juggle mm-hmm. and take everybody's requests seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, uh, a really good AD is just as fun to watch as, um, you know, Philip Seymour Hoffman is right. a great yeah. actor. It's, it's, yeah. uh, it's really a sight to behold when a, an AD can just command command the authority on set um create a loving environment a creative mm-hmm. environment and an mm-hmm. environment where its department heads and creatives feel like they can they can try new things yeah, yeah. wow and so when you're on set um do you have to get like a certain amount of shots or is it just like all right brian like you have the camera we trust that you're gonna get this done or is it like you need we need 10 shots of this five of the you know like how specific is it the only time I've ever gotten a, we need at least 50 photos mm-hmm. was from a marketing shoot. Okay. Okay. Um, um, all my years on set, there's never a, a, like a photo minimum. Oh, okay. I mean, some days, some days are hard. Some days, the whole day is on a process trailer and you'll be lucky to get 50 halfway decent shots and you're lucky to get like five good shots. Um, okay. When you're on a process trailer, safety is priority number one. Mm-hmm. And if you don't need to be there, they won't want you there. So putting on a harness and strapping yourself to a, a, a process trailer, a UPM will see that and be like only necessary crew. And what do you do in that situation? I still, I, I try and I, I still go on and, and yeah. hope to go under the radar on scene. Right. But I'll, I've, I've been asked to, to move. be like, Hey, yeah, we can't have you here. It's a. Safe, that, it's a I was gonna say, issue. like, when do you know, like, you know, when you're like, I gotta get this shot. I'm just gonna like try to get it without being in the way. Versus like, okay, I gotta step back. <laughs> yeah, I'll 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 get right on the line of of going too far with requests. I'll I'll stand on the line and I might have a big toe over, but I'll mm-hmm. approach that line every single day if I have to to get right. what I the shot that I I uh, I'm craving. Do you mostly do shows or do you also do movies as well? Um, I've done film. I've done both. Nice. What do you prefer? Like, do you? Um, Well, I like, I like the long, I like working. So (laughs) a TV show, if I'm on every day for six months, it's great, Mm -hmm. but it is also draining. And usually TV shows are less, less, uh, imaginative and creative than films Mm -hmm. so it it really just depends what your year is like uh we're in a strike year so a tv show you know one for the money two for the show i need one for the money right so give me the six month tv i I mean obviously you're affected by the strike as well because there's literally no work right now so what are you doing right now to 
stay busy and stay working. Street photography keeps yeah. my my all of the skills I've learned and are learning mm -hmm. sharp because street you only have a split second to get your photo. I mean, if your camera if you're not walking around like ready to shoot, you you could miss a beautiful shot. Right. And I I yeah, and I I I'll I'll lose a good shot far more times than I'll get one. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Martin Parr is a, a pretty famous street photographer, yeah. and he's like, if you get one or two good photos a year, a year, consider wow. that a success. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. Disney gave me gave me my portfolio essentially. That's pretty badass to be able to say that. <laughs> um, I started with them pre-COVID, mm -hmm. and um, basically married them post-COVID. <laughs> I, um, I, I, I worked on eight of nine shows they had in New Orleans. Okay. Um, sometimes two shows at the same time. Damn. Um, and I built, so that I built my portfolio through them. Um, as I, as my portfolio got, um, better and better, mm -hmm. I kind of, um, I've kind of got lucky with getting more art, art housey films, um, Richard Linklater had a film in New Orleans that okay. I was able, lucky enough to work on. Um, A24 had a film. That's in, cool that you shot with A24. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Um, I didn't realize it was a dream come true until I was on, on it. set. Yeah. They um, encouraged me to shoot on film, too. So they gave me a Is budget. Is that where the film camera came in? Yeah. Or? Well, I, I bought the film camera on my last... on on. I'm not gonna say my last Disney show because I, I still work for them, but yeah. um, the latest uh, Disney show, I bought that film camera because every time I've taken an incredible photo, if it was on a digital camera, the only way it could be made better is if I always thought was if it was on film. Yeah. So I I stopped wanting to miss out on those opportunities. <laughs> That's fair. And so I bought the I bought a couple film cameras. Oh, okay. Which. Like, okay, now that you have a couple of film cameras, like, which one would you say is your favorite? You know, which one have you captured the most beautiful shots with? Uh, the Hasselblad 503CX. Um, medium, it's a medium format camera. Okay. Um, but it, it, uh, it, on set, it's very fast photography. I, right. I could take a thousand photos a day on set. Um, so doing that for, you know, five, six years and loving photography, I kind of wanted to slow that whole process down. Mm -hmm. So with the Hasselblad, um, it could take me 30 to 40 seconds to fire off a shot. Mm -hmm. um, just because you got it's all manual focus, all right. the settings are manual. Right. Um, you know, it's not a range finder, so it's, it's kind of, it, you know, I'm rocking back and forth to make sure I get focus. And yeah. It's very, very difficult to do street photography on that camera, and yet, I do it. And I do it. I, I do it. it, yeah. I, you brought a camera. Can, yeah, can I, we see I brought it? the Hasselblad. Okay, just uh, I would love to see it. Just because it... Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, yeah, perfect. Um, go. Yeah, this is just... It, this has some of my favorite shots I've ever taken on it. I'm like, I don't... Like, I wouldn't even know how to turn that on. <laughs> you don't turn it on. Oh, okay. See, like... It's completely manual. Oh, there, There's a battery in the light meter. Oh, okay. Other than that... It's basically it's basically adult Legos. So wow, yeah, that's you, so cool. You can take the back off. Yeah, and the film is here. Okay, you can 
take the viewfinder off. Mm -hmm. You can take the lens off. I'm not going to do it because right. um, uh, it's it's kind of difficult to get back on. That's badass. But That's really cool. it basically is a box sans lens. Where where did you buy this camera? Uh, I bought it on eBay in Japan oh, and uh, in Japan. off a Japanese dealer. Nice. Yeah. Oh my god, that's a, so cool. A lot of the the great cameras are, yeah, are sold like, out of Japan. I, uh, I don't know how they all ended up there. Yeah. Uh, wow, that's a badass camera. And like when you want to develop the photos, like, you know, actually have like a physical copy of it, like is it expensive to yeah. do that? It's about oh, a nice it's about three dollars a photo. Three dollars a photo. Yeah. Wow. Tw so twenty dollars you... for a roll of film. On this camera you get twelve. On a on a five by six um, medium format camera, you only get 10. So Shit. it's more. It's like, so $20 oh to buy a roll, <laughs> and then it costs about $20 to scan and mm -hmm. develop it. And are you paying that out of pocket, or is the studio paying for that? Um, if, if they want film photos on set, the studio pays for it. Probably. A24 is the only film, is okay. the only distributor that has ever asked me for, really? for film stills. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's badass. And they really celebrate the art of photography. They they make books for um, every one of their films. It's composed of, of a lot of things, but uh, mm. mostly um, uh, set photography. What was the funnest production to shoot? Probably um, The Iron Claw, which is... Ooh. Trailer comes out Wednesday, by the way. Oh, ex okay, check it out. Oh my God, that's so exciting. Yeah. Um, the Iron Claw, it, it was... Did you do the poster for that too? I saw it on your... Like yeah, um, I took the photo that they used for the poster. They used for the poster, yeah. So, like, does that happen? Like, does that happen a lot, or was this like a like a rare situation? It doesn't. In my experience, it doesn't happen a lot. So, what do you, what do you think was different this time? Like, what did you do differently that they were like, all right, we're gonna make this our poster? I don't know. <laughs> I uh, I gave that show everything that I could give. Um, if they didn't get what they needed, they hired the wrong guy. Cause I, I worked, I worked overtime for free. Like I, like I usually Did you still a connection to this. Part? Like, what was it that like you were everyone? Well, it was shot on film, okay. which kind of, kind of like levels up the artistry and yeah. that, um, very few shots are wasted. Mm -hmm. Um, and so the actors went all out. I don't know if, um, I don't know if you, if, if, if you've seen like paparazzi photos or our first look photo, but yeah. the actors um, became different humans, um, mm -hmm. uh, physically and and uh, you know spiritually. Um, so the effort that they put in, mm -hmm. the 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 preparedness that the crew came to mm -hmm. set with, mm -hmm. um, it just it just makes you realize that when you're on this set, like what you do matters. So. I brought with me like in intent with every photo. Like I, I chose where I was. Mm -hmm. If I got coverage of a scene, I, I left set. I just oh. part of I think I, I think part of being a good still photographer is knowing when you've got the shot yeah. and getting off set. Because okay. if if the actors can get fatigued really fast and and, and I'm I'm surprised they didn't on this one because um we had three still photographers on that show. So how, like, do you know them? Like the other photographers is like, like, how does that work? And it's like, oh, like you, you, you get that side, I get this side, or you guys all just kind of like, you know, 
all over the place getting your shit like how does it work are you guys like flowing together or is it just kind of like i'm doing my thing you do your thing <laughs> um so I should be more clear. There were three still photographers on set. Yeah. Um, I was the only unit still photographer. Okay. I was the only union photographer. Mm. So um, um, A24 hired an in-house photographer for what I thought was poster shots. Oh, okay. Because they would do – they would – there would be – on the call sheet, there would be like photo shoot. Yeah. And it was – it was – happening simultaneously as filming. Mm -hmm. So I would be needed on set and, and A24 would hire uh, their in-house photographer to get um, specific photos. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not sure what they're used for. Maybe we'll, I'll find out in the coming weeks yeah. as, yeah. as it, it premieres December 22nd or 23rd. That will be here in a blink of an eye. Yeah. <laughs> Time goes by so fast. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know where those photos go. Again, I thought it was for a poster, but um, so far, no. They might do various poster art. And then the third photographer was a director's friend who came on set. Mm -hmm. And he shot in only black and white. And I think oh. his ambition was to make a book oh, that's for the show. Cool. Yeah. That's cool. So we all had our different... Um, like niche or like things. We all had our different like spots on set, yeah. but we were all... We all needed the actors. Right. So three to, it's it's i it's hard enough one photographer constantly asking for pull asides yeah. but on this one we, we had have three. three yeah and on top of all of all of the um all of the things that the actors did to prepare for their roles and to just be ready on set um in addition to um all these photo requests mm -hmm. um they held it together so well i mean um they never. I, I was. I, I was. I was never denied photos. That's that's awesome. Um, so cooperative. It, it, it was really. It was really great. And and the a, the ad on that show too was so cooperative. That's amazing. I, I asked her every single day for this this photo I had dreamed up, and um, oh, so you like have like a certain vision. You're like, okay, I want this photo. Like, yeah, like, and it's usually not something the studio asks for. Yeah. Um. um some of them are, but because, um, because I'm passionate about what I do, yeah. it, it comes with creativity and right. that's what makes me passionate. You also have like that director's eye too, right? Where you see a moment and you're like, I'm like yeah, capture that. Yeah. Yeah. I want to tell a story with one, one image. Shot. Yeah. One image. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe that's why I got the poster. Um, maybe I was able to tell that story. In the yeah, I mean, they must have seen something, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, that's awesome. Do you get paid extra if they use your stuff for a poster versus because, like, technically they didn't hire you for a poster shot, right? So it's like right. if they end up using your shot for the poster, are you getting, you know, compensated for that, or how does like how does the whole pay world work with photography on set? Um, so when I'm hired on set, mm -hmm. I kind of sign away the buyout mm -hmm. or licensing. Do you get like a flat rate for the day? Or? Uh, it varies per set, but no, okay. it's it's a union job, so it's an hourly rate with overtime. Hourly. Oh, okay, yeah. great. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, usually, like, yeah, 
like billboard stuff. Um, you do that too? Marketing. Uh, I have done that. Mm-hmm. That is a, a separate side of, of still photography and mm-hmm. comes with a completely different contract. Mm-hmm. In a marketing shoot, they pay you to be on set. Mm-hmm. And when you take the photos, you leave. And at the end of the day, those photos are still yours. And the client has to either off. license them oh. off you, oh. license five, six, 10, 20 images off you, or oh, buy out the entire day. And, and that license can be good for one year. It could be mm-hmm. good for two years, five years. It's mm-hmm. all what you agree on. If they buy out, mm-hmm. if, they, if you do what's called a buyout, then yeah. they own everything you do. It's just a lot more expensive to get a buyout than to license. See, it's all making sense. <laughs> so um, there is, there is, if if the studio starts using your photos for marketing, mm-hmm. which I don't believe they should. I could be wrong. Yeah. I, I don't believe they should do that. But if they do, I think there's incentive for you to reach out and mm-hmm. say, "Hey, um, can I get a buyout for the images that you used?" It's a little after the fact, so I. I've never been in that position, okay. so I, I don't... No, it's fair. I'd I love don't, to, yeah. just, you know, just want to know all these questions. <laughs> yeah. Do you prefer shooting in California or in New Orleans? Like, where, where do you feel like you've gotten your best shots? Um, I've gotten... Um, well, street photography, London. Okay, yeah. nice. Um, but my, my the, the, the best work I've ever done is in New Orleans. Yeah. Believe it or not, a, a, a small little film town um, in one year had... So the summer of 2022, yes. I didn't work on all these films, but all these films were shooting in New Orleans. Okay. Uh, Yargos, Lathmos, uh, Poor Things, okay. which is coming out very soon, okay. shot in New Orleans the same time as The Iron Claw, A24, okay. yeah. um, same as Richard Linklater, okay. uh, same as Amblin had a show there, mm-hmm. same as David Fincher had a show there. Oh, wow. Okay. And I guess that's the spot <laughs> to shoot. All, this, all these f- f- shows happened in one summer. Yeah, I was very busy. Um, 21 and 22 were were incredible years, and I hope 24 is like that too because of, uh, well, COVID was the work shut down and now the strike. So I'm hoping that things are busy because I have a lot of creative energy. If if they go with someone else with it, which they did want, but when I said yeah. for Disney, I worked eight out of nine movies. The yeah. reason why I didn't get the ninth is because I was already doing one of theirs. Okay. A lot of them are are Disney Channel, Disney Plus for the kids. Is it yeah. easier or more difficult to shoot with children? Easier. They don't have a hard line, so you can. Uh-huh. The, you know, I try and stay out of every actor's eye line. Yeah. But if I got in front of a kid's eye line, he wouldn't know to be like, um, this guy's in my eye line. Yeah. So yeah. I kind of get like, get a, a, a get out of jail free card. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if I'm on set with like Adam Driver or something, right. Right. if he, eye line or not, if he sees you on set, you're usually off. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's a little intense. Do you ever get like yeah. nervous about that? Absolutely. Or? Yeah, it's 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 even it, with all this like set experience that you have, it's I mean it's not not nice, but like it's some, interesting to hear that you still get nervous. Cause I'm like, okay, like you're still human. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some actors um, can only work towards one camera. That's fair. Okay, um, I never thought about that. Or can or will only work towards one mm-hmm. camera. Actors have so much power on set that right. um, they could simply ask you to go, and it you is your to job go. to go. 
Yeah. I love actors. I love artists. Mm -hmm. And being able to be a couple feet away from dramatic scenes that portray human life are just some of the highest honors and, and one of the best gifts I get when I'm on set. That's amazing. Um, yeah, it's, I love what I do. It's a privilege every day. I'm grateful that I, I get to be doing what I'm yeah, doing. No, it's, it sounds like really fun actually. <laughs> like, it's and a to lot be able of to have fun. fun and enjoy and like, and have that passion while, while you're working. Like, I don't think anything beats that feeling, you know, the worst is like going to work and not liking your job. Yeah. I mean, do it every single day, you know, I find, the more passionate I am about something, the harder it is to do it. Oh, okay. I expect so much from myself. and um, Yeah, you're setting your bar high, so it's like you want to do better than the last show, right, every single time. Well, it's not, I don't compare shows like that, but okay. it's more just if you lose a shot, I just um, it, I usually put it on on myself that Can I wasn't. Can you explain a moment where you would say like oh, I lost the shot? Like for people listening who maybe wouldn't understand like what that really means. Well, um, sometimes it's faulty camera equipment. Mm -hmm. um, I've I've lost some shots because uh, the A A nine is a great camera, but yeah. it's the Sony's flagship camera, so okay. it's quite old. Okay. Um, I could have bought the A92. I just didn't think it was a big enough upgrade. And okay. I've been waiting on the A93 now for like two and a how half often, years. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, how <laughs> often do these cameras like come out? Like every like couple Sony of years? Sony comes or? out with like a new camera every four months. But um, okay. yeah, but, uh, <laughs> the A9, it's the A93, it's been, been a long time. And it, it could be a, pro, a microprocessor thing. Um, I know there's a shortage of semiconductors. Oh, I, I, I see. Yeah. Um, for instance, one shot, I'll, I'll, I'll relive the nightmare for, um, for periodically for the rest of my life, yeah. probably. We did like seven takes mm -hmm. of this one shot. Yeah. And I was shooting on my film camera. Mm -hmm. And it was a really emotional scene. Yeah. All, our, all our lead actors were together in a, in a very emotional huddle. huddle and I got it on digital. Mm -hmm. I got the shot I wanted on digital. So I, I switched to the film camera yeah. and focused on that. And because we're rolling sound, there's no silent shutter on the film camera. So I, uh, I, I wait till we cut. And the set, I, I basically fire my shutter right. when I hear cut. cut yeah. So it, like, so the, they don't have time to break character. Right. And so um, I had seven attempts to get this shot. And... Um, Half of it was spent getting the shot digitally. Mm -hmm. The other half was spent getting on film. And um, so the scene had ended the same way for eight or for seven straight takes. Right. And on the last take, the director didn't yell cut when these actors were in a huddle. They were, um, they let them like break apart. So I would for seven straight takes. He yeah. yelled "cut" during the huddle. Yeah, so yeah. I, I had the frame. So you were ready to go. <laughs> I had the composition. It was in focus, oh, and I was. I had, my finger was on the trigger, and yeah. and I was gonna do it. Yeah. Because there was no dialogue, so yeah. I could fire that, and it wouldn't have. It. it the only risk is interfering the actors right. with the actors' right. mind, like um, um, intensity. Yes. So I'm waiting for the cut, and they, I just see the scene break apart, and we're still rolling. And I and I'm just like, oh. if I'm working on a hard drive, mm -hmm. they'll get the photos once a week. Oh, okay. For all five days. Okay. If it's not on a hard drive, they want it by end of day. 
Um, is that ever is that ever stressful for you? Um, I mean, if you, it's you're a long on set day, all day yeah. right? Yeah, if you're doing twelve hour days and yeah. then you have to go home and edit too. Well, you don't have to edit. Oh, okay. You don't have to edit, but how come? on shows you're passionate about? Man, what I find myself saying this over and over again, but when you're passionate about something, it's never easy, right? Um, and when people come up to me like, "Oh, you take photos on set. That must be a." An easy job, and I and people I people say that to and you. I, yeah, and I tell them, and that's what I tell them. That's rude. <laughs> and that's what I tell them. I'm like, when you want to do the best work, nothing's nothing yeah. is easy. And you want to get great shots too. Like you want people to be like, oh wow, like not just you know like like okay whatever, and like look at the next one. You know, like you want to catch the eye. So I don't have to edit. Oh yeah, so um, I don't have to edit them. But when you're passionate about a project. Um, I, I do edit them. Yeah, just like a little um, bit, right? And and I'll send them the raws the day of, and I might spend a week on the mm -hmm. edit. Mm -hmm. And as long as I get it to them by the end of the show, I'll make like a folder of my edited edited selects, so they can because they are interested in in what in in your favorite photo. Where do you see yourself in like ten years? Um, since I've changed my department so many times, it could be anywhere. I was like, are you going to be directing? <laughs> it could be anywhere and I'm open for changes. I'm a creative person yeah. and my brother continuously writes great scripts to this mm -hmm. day and I'm still pitching them to Sony. Yeah. Oh, amazing. I, I'm, I still believe I'm young in the craft of photography. Yeah. So yeah. I, I have so much to learn. Um, and I'm still, the still image still captivates me. We, if not as much, mm -hmm. more than a moving photo. I gotta, I gotta thank um, uh, Mira Nair. Are you familiar with that director? Yeah, no. She's what, a, what she a pretty well uh, Mississippi Masala. When I was on, I, when I was a uh, earlier in my set photography career, she was the director of a, of a pilot I worked on, and she asked me a question: Who are your inspirations? And other than colleagues of yeah, mine, yeah. I didn't have many. Yeah. And she's like, how can you be? She was blunt with me. She's like, how can you be a photographer and not have um, influ influence? I'm like, well, who do you recommend? She's like, you should be, you should be studying mm -hmm. William Eggleston, um, Saul Leiter, um, uh, Gary Winogrand. And mm -hmm. she gave me, she gave me a list of, of, of three photographers. I don't know if, if, if those were them. I yeah. found a lot on my own since then, mm -hmm. but she, she kind of was the smoking gun of, of where my work could be. Mm -hmm. So, um, I frequent the Telluride film festival, yeah. um, yeah. a lot, um, 12 years in a row. <laughs> so you're like, I do it a lot <laughs> every year. That's awesome. That's um, cool. and one of the coolest things as a photographer, yeah, was when Roma premiered there. Yes, yes, yes. The the still photographer's work was in the Telluride Gallery of Fine Art mm -hmm. as the movie was premiering. Mm -hmm. So people could exit the movie and go to the art gallery and see the stills. The stills. That would be a, a really high achievement for me. That's badass. Wow. I'd I'd love to be on on magazines covers. Yeah. Um, Yargos Lathamos has this movie Poor Things coming mm -hmm. out. And I tried to get on that movie. Yeah. And I tried by finding out the movie title. It had no n distributor attached. 
Okay. It was a very secretive film. It even had a code name for the movie. Oh, right. Yes, yes. Luckily, I, I knew somebody like, in, town, <laughs> in town who was working on it. Oh, I see. And I got the name from there. So I IMDb, IMDb proed Yargos. Mm-hmm. And there was no studio, no contact information. Mm-hmm. So I went and I tried to find the DP. And there was very little contact information for the DP, but his agent's contact information was Was there. So I cold emailed the director of photography's agent. And it was just a nice, polite, cold email to the agent saying, this is who I am. This is what I want. Um, I want to be a still photographer Mm -hmm. on Yargos' movie. movie. I'm a big fan. I go to the film festivals where his movie premieres. Um, and the, the agent took my email, mm-hmm. forwarded it to the DP and the Crazy. DP was kind enough to take that email, read it, reply to the agent. And the agent said, Yargos travels with his own still photographer, but thanks for reaching out. Oh, no. So bitter, <sighs> bittersweet because right. it was nice that he responded, I, but like not the answer you wanted, not the answer I wanted, yeah. but. Somebody at that high level of filmmaking has somebody they trust. Yeah. So to have that trust in, in an iconic filmmaker would be a high achievement for me. And I totally think you can achieve that. Like you're already on the right track. So that's I'm very excited to see where where your career goes with photography. It's going to be amazing. What advice would you give someone who's starting out or like isn't you know trying to work their way in as a still photographer on set? Uh, two bullet points for that. Okay. I would say get on set. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it is an extra or a set PA, um, it's a lottery ticket if you get on set uh, mm-hmm. as a still photographer never right. being on set. Be- and it's important because set relationships are so important to getting good work done. Mm-hmm. Like like I said earlier, asking asking different departments for different favors. Yeah. Um, you know, you're ne- you're right next to the camera operator, sometimes yeah. centimeters away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sometimes the boom op needs to be where you are. Right. So all these relationships, you know, you want to work with them, right. not, not against, ag- not against <laughs> yeah. them. Yeah. And if you go on set thinking like, um, I was here first, sorry. You're That's not, not a good mentality. You're yeah. not, well, you're just... It might get you the shot, but that might be your last good shot. You might be burning bridges with the sound guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. It might be your last good shot of the day or the week or the movie. That's great advice. Yeah. And then the second is you got to shoot. Like, are you shooting every day or like? I'm shooting every day. Every day. I carry this guy. This? I oh. carry this guy on my hip. It's just uh, that is so, for a first simple... second. The corner of my eye thought it was a cell, an old cell phone. <laughs> no, that I mean that'd be classic. That'd be classic, but that's even cooler. I. I, if if um, so, you if, could be anywhere, and if you see a moment, you're just like, yeah, I've, that's awesome. I, I'm always looking. Um, street cool. photography taught me that. That's is cool. that is that there's there's beauty in every single day. Yeah, and there's there's once in a lifetime moments that only happen in the the I, in the pin of the map that you're on. You're right. And if you happen to have that camera, you can capture that moment, and it wow, might be, yeah. it might be the only moment that ever happens in the history of time. And That's you, really because, well said. Because you were, yeah, because you were prepared and you had the eye, you captured it. Wow. So if I don't have, a, if I'm out and I don't have a camera on me, it's usually because I forgot, 
or always carry a yeah. camera with you. No, I I love that advice. That's actually that's genius. I didn't think about that because you never know. You could see something and it's it, it'd be the perfect shot. But if you're not prepared, then you miss that shot, right? So. Thanks, yeah. Brian. That's awesome. Where can yeah. we find your work so people can check out your your stills and everything? Yeah, I'm. Can uh, hire you, maybe. <laughs> um, myname.com. So www.brianrodell.com. Cool. Um, Instagram, Brian J. Rodell. Yeah, and I saw you do something with leather too, right? Like. Yeah, um, <laughs> I I I make luxury leather goods. What? Upstate handmade. That's on Instagram cr- and upstatehandmade.com. Where did that come from? Um, so photography and leather birthed at the same exact time. So you do everything. That's awesome. <laughs> leather holds my cameras on set. Oh. And photography, I do all my product photography too. Um, and so photography sells my leather work. So the two are in tandem. Hand in hand. That is amazing. Well, check yeah. it out and I will see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.